As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yeah, you got the right place at the exact right time. This is Sixers Talk brought to you by Wilmington University. Wilm Works, Danny Pommels slash AKA Ben Barry here with you once again and uh, running through the full gamut of Sixers information that's out there. Let's talk these trade rumors. We will talk about our previous guest on the podcast and co- guest co-host Keith Pompey, uh, his most recent article about uh, Donnie Nelson being a GM candidate for the 76ers and his attributes and you know, there's so many names out there and, and people like, let's try to make sense of it, man. So you Ben, you look at like the names that have been bandied about. I have an article up on NBC sports, Philadelphia.com about the last couple of weeks on the blogs and radio shows. It's been Chris Paul, uh, Drew Holiday's name has popped up as a potential trade candidate. People some saying that he could be coming back to Philly as well as Lou Williams. So is there any of those players that you like better than the others? But my point being is that, you know, immediate dividends will be paid by whoever came in because for obvious reasons, but I think it's better and more important for the team to get rid of the guys here, Al Horford and Tobias Harris, who are weighing them down. I would get excited. Um, Maybe not excited. I'd be thankful if they were able to bring in Drew Holiday be another point guard, someone that can or that would be too guard. perfect for me. That that <laughs> almost would be so. It's like and that that probably will not happen. Someone that could also handle ball ball handling duties. Not a great three point shooter, but shot 36 percent beyond the arc this past year. That's upgrade over Josh Richardson. I'm not sure if Josh Richardson would be a part of that deal, but. Either you're upgrading at Josh or you have a very dynamic duo around the perimeter who, with those two. Who are you two. sending away for Drew? How does that, how does that work for you? You got to see what the Pelicans want. I think they will I might think look they at would Al need a, Yeah, I think they would want a center. And I wouldn't talk them out of it by any means. I'd be like, oh, he's a great player. He can do everything you want. He's shooting the three, he can pass, he hustles, and he'll fill up the water bottles, whatever you need, coach. So I would definitely appreciate that. It would Drew Holiday, I think he's underrated, underappreciated. When he has the ball at the top of the key or when he's running the offense, he doesn't do what a lot of players do, which is just pound the ball into the ground mercilessly. He moves. That's what this team needs. When the ball gets in Joel's hand, Tobias. Sometimes, Ben, it sticks. You need someone that's going to initiate the offense and get ball movement going. So Drew would be a good proponent. He'd be good for that. If they got Lou Williams, man, 
The Clippers need a couple of things after they flamed out in the playoffs this year. Someone that can create an offense and a big man. But Lou Williams will bring a dynamic scorer off the bench, someone that can create, get his own shot, someone that's going to get buckets and won't be stopped. I'll be happy with either one of those. But right now, I would lean towards Drew Holiday because I think that is more real, realistic between those two players. But are you – and that's the thing with Lou Williams. Like, is he coming off the bench or is he starting? Because I think the Sixers need somebody in the starting lineup, a combo guard like that. So, I would – obviously, Drew would be perfect. I mean, he's younger. Um, you know, you, you look at, you know, Chris Paul as a guy who – is obviously long in the tooth and has a knee issue. So he wouldn't be as favorable as Lou Williams, who's 33. Um, and uh, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday will be more favorable than Lou. So, I, for, so for me, like, I look at Lou and I think of, oh, coming off the bench is his forte. Like, he's, like, maybe the greatest six man in NBA history. So – like, does that fit the Sixers? Absolutely. Does it give them a scoring guard off the bench? Somebody can get their own offense. Boom, boom, boom. Like, check, check, check. But for Drew Holiday to be inserted into the starting lineup to play with Ben, I think would be a no-brainer. But what are you giving up for that? Like, so maybe you are giving Al Horford, and you got to incentivize people to try to take Al. You got to incentivize people to try to take, you know, three years, what, he made $97 million, 74 plus million left. Three years, $74 million for Al still on the books after the season. What? So, I was going to wait to get to this, but you brought up Al. We got a great opportunity for the Sixers and another team. I think it would benefit both teams. All right. I'm willing Sixers to listen have to that. too many centers and too many power forwards, too many bigs. You know who doesn't have any of that right now? Who? The Houston Rockets. They tra- well, they tra- wait, wait. They traded Clint Capella. They don't. They had Russell Westbrook and Robert Covington playing the five during the bubble. They have someone that isn't doesn't count as much on the books, but I'm sure we get some smart people to figure it out. Houston gets Al Horford. The Sixers get Eric Gordon. Bring Eric Gordon off the bench. He gets his own buckets. He can create a little. He's an efficient scorer, efficient, efficient shooter. I think both teams would win that trade. I like I like Eric Gordon a lot, so you don't have to convince me too much on him. Um, I see him crush Golden State and all types of teams, and you know he he's been a starter. He's come off the bench, so I like him either way. Uh, you know, pick your poison. But uh, Daryl Morey definitely a, a, the Houston Rockets GM known to make those type of moves, but the Sixers may be hoping to bring Morey here. Like it, that's convoluted in and of itself to think about how all that may play out because the Sixers have so many needs to address. What? Yeah, I see you What's more important, something. bringing Daryl Morey in or getting Al Horford up out of town? I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. So that, that, that shows you that the, the, we really want to get Al out of town. So for me to say I don't know just speaks to the fact of how many issues the Sixers need to address. But um, I, I think I see like you this. going. They Put lose like Mike D'Antoni, they lose the system. How do they figure out a, a way to move forward? I see where you're going. If it leaks or comes out that that trade or something similar, whether it was some draft picks or, like, some role players involved, if it comes out that that was on the table 
and the Sixers front office turned that down, how do you think the city's going to react? The I WIP mean, and the Fanatic would be lit for like all weekend. It just people would be calling in angry. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, you're, if you're saying that they chose Daryl Morey instead of making that trade, yeah, they would they would probably hate Daryl Morey. But I, I think um, losing those contracts, like you like you're saying, is even more important than the actual player you're bringing in. Because not only, because in my eyes, if I'm someone coming in, I'm evaluating this situation. I must be good enough to be evaluated and, and interviewed for other situations in the NBA as well, whether it's the president um, here or president of basketball ops here at the Sixers or, you know, GM or, you know, assistant GM or however, you know, the pecking order is uh, in this organization or others. But if I'm, if I'm good enough to evaluate for that situation, I look for the Sixers, I look at the Sixers and I'm like, man, like this isn't the most favorable puzzle to put together like with the coaching situation as well as the roster and then you're telling me like I'm over the cap paying the luxury tax a very slim off-season free agent budget like the Sixers situation might turn some good some good candidates away it it might make people look at this situation and think like uh like no thank you I think the things turning candidates away is the salary cap situation, but more importantly, will I have final say-so on decisions or will it be the group effort like it has been years recently? I think those type of things is turning people away. Oh, oh the group thing? It, it depends yeah. on uh, which Keith Pompey pointed, pointed out in the article, which we'll get to, of how much control ownership was willing to relinquish. So there's that. And coming back to the roster, I gave you an Al Horford tree. I think I have something for Tobias that's not going to happen. But before you throw my idea out the window, just <laughs> let, it, let it sink in. Just think about it. Close your eyes. Think about this. So, hold on. We're moving on to another trade. This is another scenario. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm somebody – the Sixers have a problem. I hope someone from the front office is listening. Because you know what? I'm throwing out a lot of, lot of suggestions. I'm trying to fix a problem. Try to fix a problem. Chicago Bulls are still rebuilding. They want Zach Levine, Levine to stay in Chicago. They want to pair him with somebody. Otto Porter has not been it. He's coming. He's still got a couple of years left in that contract. That was a bad contract. Swap him for Tobias Harris. No. <laughs> is that no you don't think it'll happen or no you don't want Otto Porter here in town I don't want Otto Porter to me he was one of those guys who overachieved in his contract year and got paid and yeah he did and so, so like I remember him in Washington I mean I, I couldn't believe uh he went to Georgetown as a matter of fact I, if yep. I recall like I was in DC at that time bro I watched him a lot in college and then saw the pro he was becoming and he caught me off guard and then to see the money that he got, like, I, I, he's not a guy who really is um, a difference maker. Like, now, if you're talking about bringing uh, – what's, what's, what's my man, marketing? If you're talking marketing. about bringing him to, to Philly, then we got – let's figure it out. You know, you could take Tobias. And you could take Matisse, too. You know, <laughs> there you go. And a draft pick. Like, let's bring marketing here. But um, I, I think that – 
you know, I look at Chris Paul, which is the way the conversation started, Lou Williams and uh, Drew Holiday, they all bring something that's obvious to the team. You know, you get smaller, you get quicker. The Sixers are oversized currently because they've, you know, decided to go all in with this bigger is better mentality. And I feel like, you know, it's not even going to be, you know, one of those guys you bring in. Because if you bring in uh, Lou Williams, you got the bench piece, but then you need a starter. You bring in Drew Holiday, you got the starter, you need a bench piece. So you're losing Alec Burks. You're losing a Glenn Robinson the third, you know, two guys who were good rotation pieces and the lean on Furkan, Matisse, uh, Mike Scott, you know, it's, it's just a little, a little think, daunting thinking about it. I think that. Robinson and Burks were gone anyway. I think they'll be leaving. They're only on one year deals, but I'm saying they, they play key roles. They were big rotation but, pieces for six, specifically Burks because Robinson got hurt, but specifically yeah. Burks. So who's going to yeah, well, replace that? Unfortunately, they need, they need more than one guy. They need more than one yeah, guy. They do. I think you have to make multiple moves, and you got to figure out a way to make it happen. And while you're making those multiple moves, whether it's the young guys on the team, the Shake, the Matisse, Zaire, we ever see him play, or whoever you get back in this in these packages, yo, you might be unproven, but you're gonna get a lot of opportunity to prove yourself this upcoming season. Maybe that might be too much to put on some of these young kids' shoulders, put on their lap, but that's the realistic scenario, situation the Sixers are in this upcoming season. Your stars are young, though. You, you can't, like, lean on uh, all these young, young guys. You got to bring in pieces that mesh and, and, and the flow has to come together. I hear what you're saying. Again, salary cap is what it is. You got some young pieces that's going to figure it out. I don't think you're going to get too many veterans that can fill the roles that we need on on these minimal deals. So it might end up looking something similar to what Phoenix is uh, the Suns are doing down in Phoenix, where it's not a single guy on the team above 24, I think. Guys, whoever they bring in and the young guys on the roster now got to figure out their role because the salary cap situation has put the Sixer in such a hole, there's not a lot of room to maneuver. Hey, dreams come into reach at Wilmington University. There's a local university that's ready to bring your dreams into reach. It's Wilmington University. WilmU helps working adults reach their career goals through accredited and affordable degrees and certificates to reach new heights in your field. WilmU works. Find out why at wilmu.edu. All right, speaking of that salary cap, the front office, as we alluded to, <laughs> you know, uh, regardless of what people may want, the front office is where it seems that the decision-making is going to start. And it seems they're going to bring in someone to be underneath Elton Brand. Um, and whether that's a team president or uh, assistant GM, like, you know, with Keith Pompey kind of lined out and outlined, excuse me, in our last uh, podcast, that remains to be seen. But uh, we talked about the salary cap. So the Sixers are already paying a luxury tax next season guaranteed. I think the issue is even with a first-round pick and they have four second-round picks, 
plus the free agency, you can't fit all of those pieces under the cap. So those second round picks, they're probably going to try to leverage somehow. You have Mariel Shayok who will probably stay on a two way deal. Um, it, it, those things need to be ironed out, but um, you, you're bringing Norvell Pell up. who will take a roster spot. You lose a, a few, you have a few spaces that can be filled, but a trade really is, is like almost a, a must for the 76ers to figure out this land, how, how, how everything, you know, fits on this, this kind of landing spot of what the roster is and what they're going to move forward with. So my question to you is, if I'm the GM of a of of the Sixers, and I'm bringing somebody in, it's got to be someone as Keith Pompey outlined, like Donnie Nelson. It's got to be somebody who has that acumen and experience and have been around the block to ha- to be able to guide me through this next, you know, these troubled waters that they are. In. You know what I'm saying? It definitely has to be somebody with well-respected in the league, someone with a history or proven track record of getting it done. It's going to have to be someone creative as well moving forward because of the hole the Sixers are in. So I'm a fan of Donnie Nelson. I like those uh, those Mavericks teams he sure. 20 years ago. I was a fun big Dirk Nowitzki fan. Yeah, very fun to watch. And for anyone just to think it's like nepotism – I think he's done enough in the league to prove that's not the case whatsoever. The bringing no, in, no. Yeah, yeah, making a deal, making a deal for Porzingis, being saying Luca is the guy we need to draft. I'm a fan of it. Bring him in if you get him on the phone. If you bring him in for an interview, he has to. He has to be a guy unless you have something else. I don't know what else it would be that the fan, the, the city, is going to sign off on. This isn't a job that people are knocking down the door to get right now. Well, and I think that's the thing also is that <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too in the sense that you want to give Elton Brand the keys to the front office and have him be the heavy, so to speak, as, as the main voice and bring in someone under him. But you also, at the same time, want to have the someone, the caliber of Donnie Nelson. You, do you see what I'm saying? Coming into the organization. So I, you can't have someone who has way more experience and expertise. You, you have to find the right person who's going to be comfortable not being, having the final say, even though they know they are qualified to have the final say. You know, and, and the person above them maybe quite isn't yet so if they want that it seems like they might not get a well-established guy that has experience that knows what he's doing i don't know too many people that's going to come in unless you tell me my role is under elton brand that's going to come in is do the big redesign figure things out then fall in line to him if i'm the president of basketball operations so it's Season's been over for the Sixers for, what, three weeks now? A little over for three, maybe. Elton promised, like, changes to the front office. I don't know any changes that's happened yet. There's been rumors, there's been talks, but there's nothing that's actually happened yet. As you said, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So whether it's a Donnie, whether it's someone 
from Pat Riley's organization down in Miami, whether it's someone that has worked under worked in Toronto for the Raptors, all respect the organizations, Elton's gonna have to give up some power. If he doesn't want to, I it's all on you, but you gotta fix it all in this short and off season. You can't place blame and say we need more basketball mind. This is his opportunity to fix things. So it might take a little bit of swallowing his pride. Um huh. I don't think he's the type of guy who's like throwing his weight around. So I don't know if his swallowing his pride is like an issue for him. I think more the issue is are you in over your head is 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 the thing. Um you know, they had the groupthink approach, which we talked about, and they're I, there's been no confirmation that they're necessarily going away from that. Well, well, Elton did mention in his presser after Brett Brown's firing that he is going to have the final say. So he, he, he mentioned that. But um, how that, that – that means ownership is going to have to relinquish some power. How that plays out and how the, the hierarchy – is implemented uh, without having a team president, but but having vice presidents is, is what I'm trying to wait and see. And um, I don't know, Elton, I, I have faith in him. I thought it was a great hire. I think the experience as a player and coming to the GM position can work wonders. Um, but the pressure of this particular situation and – them hitting the fast forward button on everything as a group approach, you know, no one, it, you know, you can't make, say it's group think. And then once the decisions are made and they don't work out, say, Oh, well, it was him. Oh, it was that person. It was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they can't, you can't, you can't do that. So if you, it, so Elton to me, um, didn't talk them out of that, agreed with it, brought in guys that he knew and were familiar with like Al Horford, and now here we are. So I don't know, man. I, I, I have to depend on the fact that Elton is experienced player and has more uh, a better vision and will be able to institute and push forward his ideas and the ownership will take a step back. And, and, and hopefully this new person comes and fills that void really comfortably and smoothly when the ownership takes a step back and he can come in and they can him and he and Elton can combine to, to uh, give the Sixers that better vision as it comes to how the coaching and roster will play out. So when I said pride, I didn't mean it as in like, he thinks he's the best. He's not listening to anyone. I meant more as anytime what I've come to learn in life, nine times out of time, 10, anytime there's a problem where someone is hesitant to do anything, it's usually some form of pride in there, not in the traditional sense. I'm the best. I know what's best type. But, hey, maybe I'm just not in the best position to make this decision. Now, yes, he played. I didn't think he had all that much experience, or he didn't have all that much experience. I didn't think he was all that qualified for this role he has. But is what we, is what we have now is what we're stuck with. And just because you play doesn't mean you're the best guy for the job. You got Michael Jordan in Charlotte. We saw Maggie Johnson in L.A. Going forward, 
there has to be a clear – is this a group decisions going forward, even though he says he has final say? Is, or is it going to be people come to me like, hey, maybe we should make a run at this player, maybe we should try to sign this guy, trade for this guy, and he says yes or no on it, and people just try to sell him on it. Bringing in this president of basketball operations when we don't have one is the most important deal. Most important decision moving forward for them to be moving this slow and not have anything a month after their season ended. It will make me believe they're taking the search seriously, but there hasn't been any new news, whether it's someone's let go, who they're interviewing for this president basketball operations position. Yeah, we do have the news, though, uh, from um, Sham Sharnia uh, that uh, the Sixers will have Elton Brand bringing in coaches. So the three that we thought, Billy Donovan, Tyron Lue, Mike D'Antoni, will be getting a look sometime in the coming weeks, uh, sit-down interviews. So Elton's handling that part. So they trust him to do that. They trust them to bring in people who are also going to have to combine with ownership and, uh, and, and combine with the front office to make these decisions and push the team forward because they were relying so heavily on analytics and who played in the rotations and things like that. And once again, I don't know if these new coaches are going to come in and by Tyron lose. I don't know if he, he's going to be looking at a sheet to determine the rotation for the team like Brett Brown was when he has played. And that's where I bring that part into having played. Like, do you need analytics to tell you who needs to play or how, how, what, how the rotation fits together? Does that, is that what brought Al Horford here? Or is that you saying that, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 maybe right. his instincts are off. So this new coach is going to have Elton's stamp of approval. So, let me pitch something at you since we got to the coaching point and they just got embarrassed by losing game seven last week because they were supposed to compete. They were the new Kings of LA, the Clippers after the way they lost and their season ended. And I know it's doc rivers first year with both Kawhi and Paul George, but he's been there for a minute now and he's lost several series up three to one while he's been in L.A. So it's been talks about him not coming back. If he became available, is that something you would like to see the Sixers and Elton just peak interest and see if it would be a fit? I'm not a retread guy. I'm, I don't feel, I feel like there's so many great minds out there or people who deserve opportunities. Um, that, that why, why are we like barking up that tree? You know what I'm saying? Why, why are we looking at guys like Doc Rivers who – has been around the block and still hasn't won at all, but you wouldn't give, you know, other. He, he won it all. Oh, he won once with yeah, Boston. Yeah. I mean, all right. Excuse me. All right. Great. Congratulations. What you've been coaching for 75 years. You won one championship. Gotcha. No disrespect. Uh, but how about this? You look at guys around the Eastern Conference, Nick Nurse, assistant. You, you brought this up. If I'm, I'm a Mike Budenholzer, yeah. the, the, the successful teams of the Eastern Conference, none of those guys are, are reach friends. They're all people who have given been given opportunities. Am I wrong? Um, Not so, at all. It, those teams took time to get to intimately get to know these guys. It's like, hey, you're the coach. 
We're going to stand behind your decision. We're going to try to put you in the best place, best position to succeed. So they took – and they bought into the coach's philosophy. The coach bought into the, the organization and the franchise. Well, Mike Bukaholzer wasn't do that in Atlanta long before they, they reached their heights. Like, he wasn't in Milwaukee long before they reached their heights. Um, like, I, I just feel like wh- why would I entertain Doc Rivers that way? And, I, you know, I don't know. You, you, once again, you're not going to get someone of that caliber – who won't want control or decision-making power. So you, you're going to bring in a coach. Well, Keith Pompey said that's, that's why Tyron Lue probably wants $7 because he knows what the, they were asking him to do and how to, what he needs to figure out. You know what I'm saying? So I want to be paid accordingly if you want me to try to put these pieces back together or, or make them fit because it doesn't seem like they ever were together. Yeah, that is – probably definitely the hang up definitely the hurdle for a bunch of guys I brought up Doc Rivers because I saw the people speculated about his job then you see people wonder if he'd be here with the Sixers I wouldn't want him only because I don't think he's that great of a coach great guy that championship in Boston I think that everything worked out great and they had Tibbs as uh, an assistant coach when that defense was just phenomenal with the big three. Then he, if he came in, he would get some decision-making on personnel. And what we've seen in L.A. outside, outside of robbing the Sixers and the Tobias deal, he just brought in a bunch of guys when he first got to L.A. that used to play for him in other places. Tyron Lue. You know, you guys. You know how I feel about him. I think he's solid. I don't. He know brought how he's in good. his son, bro. He brought in his son. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it, but you know, if I was ever coaching, and I don't think my son is that good, I'm getting him a job on my team. Tyron Lue, Billy Donovan. So I'm not sure how much Dan Tony wants to continue to coach. Last year, the other year, the Rockets had to go to like his farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Convince him to come out, even though he didn't have a contract. He's in the last year of his deal. So, Tyron Lewis probably negotiating, get more guaranteed money because of how everything's going to shake out. And if Elton goes, well, they're well, probably two years, using those out. other guys to push Lou's number down. <laughs> um, yeah. But Billy Donovan, I, I, I have no problem with him being a head coach. Tyron Lou, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with him being the head coach either. I just hope that. You know, I, I don't know what his ego and stuff is. You know, he, he had might have a chip on his shoulder because of what happened with the Lakers position where, you know, he wanted to hire his own staff, but they, they wanted to have control of his staff. So um, oh, they wanted I, to give him three years, and he wanted more than three years. He's like, I won the championship. I should get more than three years. Yeah, so I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, Billy Donovan – piques my interest as well so and I you know my my problem with the whole email Udoka thing I, I've said several times I was just about to ask you about them on the website NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com it's just that you have a shortened off season where you have so many things to fix on so many levels and this guy Udoka knows your organization and the players intimately as as if he had an apprenticeship to be the head coach and he's not mentioned he's not 
looked at favorably based on reports. There's nothing that he – other teams, he's interviewed for other jobs. He, he, he is one of the highest-paid assistants in the NBA. All, all the signs point to him have being an heir apparent, including this perplexing, overwhelming, unprecedented situation of the coronavirus, which shrink, shrinks the offseason and makes the whole, you know, um, season – topsy-turvy and he still isn't one of the four at the forefront of one of the candidates that confuses me and 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 and, you know as you do one thing so you do others you know um I forget how that saying goes um as one thing goes so whatever how it goes but point being is that Udoka if they're treating Udoka this way like how, how are they handling all these other um you know decisions that they have to make regarding the roster or the front office why isn't this guy think, thought of more highly? And does he not want the job? Does he know if it, this is like crazy? Does he would he rather go somewhere else? Like that, that speaks speaks some some volume to me. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you thought the door had closed on his opportunity, his window, because we haven't heard his name outside. Oh. We brought it up in weeks. So, and if it fall, if it, things fall through with Billy Donovan, Tyrone Lou. D'Antoni, do you come back to Ime at that point? Or he might be looking somewhere else at that. Maybe get There's a job or somewhere else. Yeah, so I, don't so. Think, I don't think you can just sit back and think he's the last resort or he's our fallback. He's our plan D. It, it the new coach might keep him around. How about that? By the time they make a decision, he might have a job somewhere else. Man, um, it's, it's funny because each week we're like, you know, originally I thought they could only handle two out of the three front office head coaching roster off moves in the offseason. But, but each week we're just like laying out all the issues that this team is dealing with. Uh, it can be exhausting. We appreciate you listening and helping us sort through everything because uh, we wouldn't be what we are without you. So, for my esteemed co-host slash producer slash uh, CrossFit guru, Ben Barry, I am Danny Pommels. We appreciate you listening. This has been Sixers Talk brought to you by Wilmington University. Wilmu Works. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.